Welcome to Money Through Ease. This episode is going to be an interview that I had with my mom, and I wanted to come on and give a brief introduction before we get into the interview. It is an awesome time. I had such a great time recording with her, and she shared a lot of information that is relevant to people who do content creation, specifically on YouTube, but it will be applicable for any of you that have a side hustle, they're really trying to to build up a brand or an audience, you know, to be able to grow a business that way, kind of organically through content creation. So I can't wait to dive into the interview with you, but I wanted to let you know ahead of time that it's only a couple of weeks left in 2023. I know I cannot believe it, but that's the truth. That means that you only have a few weeks to get on a fourth quarter fling with me. The fourth quarter fling is your opportunity to get an expert bookkeeper to look at your business bookkeeping for you. And we're going to talk about exactly what I find in your bookkeeping what I'm seeing that's missing, that I didn't find, that I expected to find. And then I'm going to give you a checklist for finishing out 2023 strong and getting prepped for tax season. So if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes to get on a fourth quarter fling with me. You can schedule it for later in December, but just know that time is ticking. The fourth quarter fling is only offered during the fourth quarter. An added bonus, if you book a fourth quarter fling, is that you will have been invested in my services. You will have become my paid client, right? And the benefit to becoming my paid client right now is that I'm currently offering beta testing for Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap is an entrepreneurial bookkeeping course that I am currently developing. That's going to be available to the general public in 2024. So don't worry, you're not going to miss anything if you're not my client yet, but... I am offering over 60% off of Mind the Gap to my current clients right now. That offer is only available through December 31st of 2023. I will never offer this much of a discount on Mind the Gap again. So if you want to get in early and see what's going on, get access to the content starting January 1st, I want you to become my client, get on a consultation with me, or go ahead and book a fourth quarter fling because... We are almost at the end of the year, and that means the tax season is right around the corner. Get on a fourth quarter fling, become my paid client by investing in one of my services, and you will get an invitation to beta test Mind the Gap at over 60% off. All right, let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Ginger Barlow, who is my mom and the copycat Coulter on YouTube. Yeah. Um. So exciting to do this the day before you're having that procedure done. (laughs) Okay, so welcome to this week's episode of Money (laughs) Through Ease. I'm Reagan, and I have my mom on the episode with me. I'm going to be interviewing my mom. Her name's Ginger Barlow. Her name's not mom, but that's what I'm going to call her. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. This is going to be the first kind of episode with a guest and interviewing them and People know that like I have a math and physics degree. I'm more of like a sciencey person than I am like a creative, but you're kind of the same way. You are sciencey, mathy kind of person, but you're also very creative. I've known you to be always crafting something. Um, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about like what you do or what you would like to tell us. 
Sure. Well, yeah, and I, I definitely have the math background. Um, <laughs> well, actually, neither of my degrees are in math, but I've been a programmer or leading programmers now for over 30 years. So my day job is all math and logic and writing code. Yeah. And yeah, every minute I'm not doing that, I'm usually on, on some kind of creative something. Um, whenever I did that one interview, uh, I read a book a long, long time ago about, they said people were scuba divers or snorkelers. And then like scuba divers are very focused and they drill down on one thing and they become experts on that. And then snorkelers like to float around, look at the free fish. Mm. <laughs> so I'm on the pretty fish side because, uh, well, outside my job. Because yeah. I just, I love any kind of creative thing. I love to paint, draw, glue, collage. <laughs> I spun sheep wool into yarn. Um, and it's like, after I do one thing like that, I'm like, okay, I've been there, done that. What's next? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But sewing and quilting and stuff has always been my main jam, I guess. Um, my, my mom, your grandmother, mm-hmm. <laughs> sewed everything we ever wore mm-hmm. up through high school, probably. And so there was always a sewing machine in the house. And then my grandmother quilted. My mom started that up later. So it, it just like has to be. I, I was thinking the other day, I don't think I lived in a house that didn't have a sewing machine ever. Yeah. <laughs> Either my mom's <laughs> or mine. <laughs> yeah. Grandma bought me the sewing machine that I have now. And it's like the most basic Walmart level brand. But I mean, it does a bunch of different stitches. So like, <laughs> honestly, doing a straight stitch is fine, but I can do like a bunch of other things too. But I'm not really a quilting kind of person. I don't know. It sounds like it's literally in my genes to do that. So maybe someday, but <laughs> for now, like if I'm sewing right now, I'm into like paper crafting, it's probably going to be me like sewing paper. <laughs> um, but I just, that. I remember that you have this photo of you from, I think you were five years old in kindergarten and you sewed your first skirt and you're like standing there holding your skirt out (laughs) and you have super long hair and I've never known you to have super long hair. (laughs) Um, I got my hair cut short when I was pregnant with you and it's never been long again. So you would not remember me that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I tell people all the time, like my mom is a computer program and she's been doing that for longer than I've been alive. And I guess that'll be over 33 years now, pretty soon. I'm like, I'm about to hit the magic, a magic number. I feel like your double number digits are like special years. So I'm about to be 33. Um, So you have a YouTube channel that you just started like this year, right? Like in January. Cause yeah. I, when I came up there, in December of last year, you were telling me that you wanted to write a book, like an ebook for quilting to teach people how to create their own patterns to like see a quilt that they like and turn it into a pattern for themselves. And you wanted to write an ebook. And then we started talking about like video content. And then the next thing I knew you were like all over YouTube, like, <laughs> and you've got a whole camera set up. <laughs> so tell um, us about like, um, your, I guess, pivot from wanting to write like an ebook to going to content creation, especially YouTube, which is longer form than like kind of what I do on like TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. So, um, well, my purpose in writing the book even is I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm of the age where maybe I won't be computer programming for 20 more years of my life. And so I wanted something that I could do um, just kind of as a side hustle now and kind of build my brand up or my name mm. up and then be able to change. And whenever I do retire, I'm not working anymore. Be, I would really love to travel around and teach. Like I would really yeah. love to travel around, do workshops and teach. And so um, 
the book would be kind of that, you know, a lot of the people that come to Guilds and Speak and things are from people that have written books and they come and they talk about their books or their patterns or their, their tools that they've created. So I thought, okay, if I wrote a book and get my name out there for that, it's so funny, not even like thinking, can I write a book? No, just if I write a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so um, I thought if I did that, then that would get me the book and get my name. But then as I started trying to think of the book, I'm like, well, I need to kind of build up in my head an outline of what the book would be or what kinds of things. And so I thought, hey, I'll just do YouTube instead for now and, you know, kind of get my name started and find kind of what my jam is and what I would like for my book to be. So, yeah, I started February. Mm-hmm. And then it's so funny because now I've got my idea for a book. <laughs> so <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I actually plan to start. Yeah, I actually plan to start doing that soon, start writing that and uh, mm. maybe trying to hire some pattern um testers and samplers Mm. so that I can get some testing because all of this is in addition to my day job and um I do have a life outside of quilting too (laughs) so so I'm definitely needing to build up some support for people to help me out with that and Mm. um so I may be doing a book soon but I really have been enjoying the YouTube yeah Um, my channel's monetized as far as ads Mm -hmm. and I have a couple of affiliate things um but I'm not making real money yet. I think you really have to get a lot of subscribers and really build that up and yeah. also have a product and not just affiliate link product, yeah. but I'm really not ready to go there yet. So I'm just happy to, you know, I get a little ad revenue here and there and <laughs> I can buy through my own affiliate links. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to get a cash back. Thing. So that's totally. Handy. Yeah. I think um, that kind of building your audience and building your brand first, uh, even though it is monetized technically, like you're probably getting a couple of dollars a month like from ads, <laughs> from ad revenue, but like building your brand and your audience first will kind of allow you when you're ready to sell a book or hire people to do pattern testing and stuff, um, you'll have that kind of built in audience who's already familiar with you. They like your right. content. They want more from you. And then you can you know, give them something that is actually really curated to what they've expressed they're interested in. Yeah. And I know of the ladies that come and spoken at our guild, I always stop and talk to them. And there's actually pretty easy ways if you're slightly known in the industry. There's actually like a a global website you can go to and you put yourself in as a teacher and list the kinds of things that you would want to do. But you still need to have something you know, you need to have something to show that here's the kind of things that I'll be teaching or that kind of a thing. But so right now it's fun. (laughs) It's like, I'm having fun doing it. And, um, I feel like it will lead to that. So I am happy doing it now. And you're right. I get maybe four or $5 a week (laughs) for (laughs) revenue and, uh, revenue. And then maybe, uh, a sale here and there. That's not my own sale through my own affiliate Mm -hmm. link. Yeah. That's awesome. I always love watching your videos. Like yesterday you released the um, five seam ripper secrets and like I've (laughs) used a seam ripper. I can count on one hand how many times I've used a seam ripper in my life. And I'm like, oh, I was doing it wrong. So even like sometimes I'll watch your videos and I'm like, man, I learned something today (laughs) about sewing or quilting. And I think like um, I love that your content is not so much about like, here's just a pattern for a quilt. Like you actually go into the geometry of it all. Um, (laughs) Quilt math is very (laughs) like 
heavily influenced by like shapes and measurements and things, obviously. But can you talk about like that kind of inspiration of wanting to teach people like how those things kind of relate? Like we can bring math into it and nobody needs to like have a panic attack about it. Yeah, so it's funny. There's, I found some little patches. When, when you go to retreats, you're supposed to take something to share, and I found little patches. And some of them were little patches you could put on that said, I love quilt math. And the other ones had like the red line, I hate quilt math. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I did find that, like, um, you know how you get these pet peeves, and the older you get, the more you get. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I would post some quilt that I had made, and most of mine are very geometric patchwork that's mm-hmm. really my jam that's what I really we can like. see that like hanging behind you yeah. in the video too yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually improv though that one is not um that one's not pre-planned but <laughs> even then it's all straight lines I can't not do straight lines for the most mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. but you know I would post some picture of something that I did that I thought was so simple to make you know it's triangles and squares and strips and you would get the immediately like oh what pattern is that can I get that pattern and I'm like I made it up in my head or I saw a pattern that somebody else made and it's a bunch of triangles and squares you can look at it and you can figure out it doesn't matter what sign they're original but you know this two inch square is going to need to match that two inch square there you know or Mm -hmm. whatever inch you make it and so that's really that's why I called it copycat quilter because I wanted to show people how they can look at a quilt and a lot of them, most of them, if they're patchwork, you can figure out how to make that block or how to make that design yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get a little criticism at the first about, oh, you're trying to take food out of designers' babies' mm-hmm. mouths. <laughs> yeah, That is not my intention. If I can possibly find a designer or someone who sells it, or if it's in a book, I'm never going to use those pictures without permission. And if I can find one that somebody sold the pattern exactly like what I'm looking at, I won't, I just won't do those. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not there to kill anybody's copyright. Yeah. I feel like my byline should be, you can't copyright a nine patch because it's (laughs) nine squares in a three by three grid. Right. So yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I think that probably the geometry of it is one of the things that really attracts me to it because Mm -hmm. I just, it's, it's like playing with those uh, tanagrams. That's what they're called, right? The little wooden shapes that are squares and triangles and you put them together and make, just, did I not ever buy that for you when you were a kid? <laughs> I'm trying to think, I'm like, oh, what? Um, I'm sure if I Googled it, I'd be like, oh yeah. But I'm thinking like <laughs> wood log cabin toys where you like stack them up. No, these are just flat. The these are just shapes and they're flat, but you can just make them and arrange them into different designs. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly what quilting is. So it's the gateway. I thought if I can show people, <laughs> I thought if I could show people how to, you know, just figure out those shapes, it's something Mm -hmm. that comes really easy to me. And I never want to make somebody else's pattern um, because that's their quilt. But then like my mom, your grandma, who will not watch this, (laughs) can, uh, she can't do that. You know, she Uh makes it straight by the pattern. She'll buy the fabric that's shown if it can't. And that's, that's what she enjoys doing. And that's fine. She's happy with that. She is a buy the book kind of lady. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so for people who, you know, don't want to have to be that way or really enjoy trying to figure things out, you know, I I hope that I can help them figure things out and, and see how to break things apart themselves. Yeah. I really, I'm glad that you brought that up about like, you are the copycat quilter, but like, you're not trying to take any sort of revenue away from other people. And I think that what I've always thought about, like, I can do this for you, or I can teach you how to do it. Um, Like some people don't have the teaching skill of it. They can do something, but like, there's still value in somebody 
just wanting the pattern or just wanting to buy a quilt. Like they don't want to actually learn how to make it. They just want to buy it and have it versus the folks that are actually interested in the process. Like for me, (laughs) I just started into like freaking book binding and like paper crafts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I'm actually going to make my own paper to bind into the books that I made. Like (laughs) I don't need to go out and buy a journal. I want to go through the whole process for every piece of the project. And there is value both in like selling the end product to somebody or doing something for them if you're providing a service and then there's also value in like the teaching of it and somebody wanting to learn and I don't I always say to like I don't gatekeep the information like I'll teach you how to do bookkeeping or I'll do it for you like you can pick one or the other and I love that you have always said that and have gotten some pushback in the comments on YouTube about like oh, well, that's somebody else's pattern that you're like taking from them, but you actually reach out to those creators and like ask for their permission too. Yeah, and I I have one coming up. Well, actually two interviews that I want to do. And one is a pattern from a book from like 1989, but she didn't make a full quilt. She's actually kind of like me about doing the geometry of it and figuring things out and just playing with geometry and designing quilts. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't sell the pattern. It's an old book. Um, I don't know if it's even in print, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I reached out to her and asked her if she would mind one of the one of the block sets that she had in there, if I could do it. And she said, yes, she said she would love it. You know, and I told her I'll give you full credit. And I'm also going to try to get her to come on at least for a brief interview and just talk yeah. about it because she designs the way that I enjoy. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I just feel strongly about that. I'm not going to get into somebody's money <laughs> and their copyright, yeah. but it really is quilting, especially if it's geometric patchwork there's there's usually not anything so unique and incredible that somebody can claim it's absolutely theirs you know some of the ones that I do yeah uh, it's just one of the squares (laughs) yeah one of the ones I got criticism on I'm like you know my grandma could have made this in the 40s and 50s without a pattern so you can't say it's a copyright of somebody that produced a pattern last year and I would never like I said I never used their pictures or anything like that either so that's important to me Well, I think that like your process through it is being inspired by things that you just see, like whether it's an actual quilt, but then like you found the ugly wallpaper at the hotel in like Mississippi (laughs) or whatever, or I I can't remember where you were, but (laughs) you were like, oh my gosh, I have this wallpaper and I'm going to make a quilt pattern out of that. Like you just see things that are inspiring and then you, there's an enjoyment in the process of like figuring it out too. Yeah. Yeah. What was funny about that one, though, was after I did it and I showed you and you said, oh, that's a houndstooth. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) And I went online and found that Jenny Doan of Missouri Star Company, which is like quilting rock star, Mm. had done a video on that quilt. It was a a little different put together than the method that I put together, but it was the exact Mm. same block. I mean, it's just the technique of how to get there was different. Mine was probably harder than hers. Yeah, but, but like that's that's the fun and enjoyment of it, of the process right. of like figuring it out, even if at the end you realize that somebody else did kind of do it, you did it a little differently. Um, but like I just I appreciate that like part of it is just the exploration and like di- diving into what is inspiring you and like using that and being creative to make something. Like I think that's really cool. Yeah. I uh I have tons of patterns that I've drawn up that I will never have time to make, but I really, and that's actually a little hint on the book that I'm thinking about. It's either going to be like, read me a quilt or quilt me a story, mm-hmm. but I got books, children's books. I've, I've been taking everything out of the library I can get. 
that had <laughs> quilts in it or like mm. a story around some kind of grandmother's quilt or things like mm. that. And I want to do quilts inspired by those books. So mm. they usually have a picture of a quilt in there, but not like try to copy that quilt. And sometimes it's like all squares. So, you know, it would be a boring quilt to try to copy, but, you know, to use like the coloring in the books mm. and maybe if they do have some rough designs, you know, and, and do like a series of eight to 10 patterns of quilts that like a lot of the quilters are older women with mm. grandchildren, yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of us. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's like something where you could make a quilt that was inspired by that book and then, you know, like read the book with your grandkid, like have yeah. them be able to cuddle up, but it doesn't look exactly like what's in the book. You know, it's kind of your interpretation of it. So I don't know. I just, it's like stuff like that runs through my head all the time. <laughs> I, it would be nice if it could stop, but it's really too very meditative that mm. sitting down and just drawing the lines and trying to figure out and working out the math in it. But yeah. And you know, I know that you did a lot of music and I've had, I've had a lot of music background mm -hmm. and it's really interesting to me, even though your music teacher argued with me, um, <laughs> how related math is to uh -huh. music because it's all about proportion and relationships and mm -hmm. rhythms and repetition or, uh, balance and symmetry. Like all of that stuff is in music too. Mm -hmm. And I think just my brain must be wired that direction <laughs> to like patterns yeah. and repetition, especially. I think there's actually a lot of scientific research or academic research into like the connections between like music theory and mathematical like sciences. So, right. I mean, my music teacher, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about specifically, but. <laughs> Mr. Sino. <laughs> <laughs> and I think with him, there is an art to it too. And yeah. I think his point, it was a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah. And his point is there's a lot of art and interpretation to it and, mm -hmm. and, you know, heart put into it. And the same with the quilt, you know, you've got, it's got a pattern and it's got mm -hmm. shapes and measurements and precision, but it's also, you're picking the colors and you're, you know, you're, you're putting your spin into it. Um, yeah. And again, that's one reason I don't want to make anybody else's quilt. I have a, a another YouTuber that I've talked to several times. I've interviewed on his channel. Mm. And he buys these ones that are kits where everything's pre-cut even. Mm. And I'm just like, that would bore me to tears. That's somebody else's quilt. Like, yeah. just like you were saying, I could buy somebody's handmade paper and put it in a book, but yeah. I wouldn't feel like it was my book then. So yeah, I'm <laughs> like you, I want to do the paper. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. but so there's art to it and there's science and math to it. And I don't think they're far removed from each other. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. Um, what kind of tips would you give somebody that maybe is kind of in the same position you're in where they have like a day job and that's full time and like they're looking to side hustle and monetize like a hobby something that they're really interested in how do you do you have like advice or tips for how to balance like the creative flow of that and trying to <laughs> squeeze money out of it at the same time <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me all that I thought that's why I was here today <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess there's I actually, <laughs> there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to and one is called craft a career mm. and she's actually like a quilt designer and she talks about, um, different in revenue streams and, you know, all those kinds of things. And I enjoy listening to her. Um, I do want to get better at planning mm. because I, I do want to have a regular schedule to put out things. And I think that's important because people start looking for it. Mm -hmm. So I have tried to come up with a schedule in my head of maybe a long form every month and a short in between. 
you know, a mm-hmm. short every two weeks just to keep something going because yeah. that's probably the most time I have right now. Yeah. Um, one of the other things is I started this while I'm working, so I have income. I'm not having to depend on it for income. And if mm-hmm. you're in that kind of a position, yeah, I think if you're a lot better positioned, you don't have to be profitable day one. Right. And one of the things I learned on that podcast was she said, you know, if you have the money and I don't know if she said if you're a side hustle, but she was just basically saying, if you have more money than time, then hire people, you know? Yeah. And so I know for me, I'm like you, I want to do it all myself and I can <laughs> learn Adobe Illustrator, yeah. Canva, but I don't want to, that's <laughs> art. I want to, but I know that's not where I need to focus my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to be a better YouTuber if I learn Canva and I learn yeah. Adobe Illustrator to design a pattern. So mm-hmm. um, I did develop a pattern and there are some ghostwriters that you can mm-hmm. hire who will take your pattern and write it up. And it's whatever level, um, if you just want to show them a picture, they can figure it out. Or like I had the design and I had it in an electric file of EQA, electrical date. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you know you can design your patterns in there and you can send them the project file. So they wrote up all the instructions in that thing. So I paid them for that because I want my time to be more now, right now on the artistic and design side, where if this was my full-time job, sure, I'd learn all that and do it myself. So I thought that was really important to hire people to do the pieces you can, if it's your second side hustle thing and you can afford it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, even hire someone to do your samples. A lot of people will do samples for free because they just want the latest and greatest pattern. <laughs> but I can well, and there's, there's kind of some uh, ethical things about that because, mm-hmm. you know, if someone, if someone's willing to do it for free, then also like, why are you not valuing their time? Why are they not valuing their time? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's going to take them 60 hours <laughs> to sew a yeah. quilt pattern, you may, even if they enjoy it, they, you know, either reimburse them for fabric or mm-hmm. pay them some amount for the time. Yeah. But, um, you know, looking at those kind of things of what can other people do to leave you to do the artistic fun part that you're the only one can do. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only one that can come up with the design in my head, but other people can help me sew it or can help me write the pattern out and that kind of a thing. Totally. I think also you brought up the ethics of it, like the textile industry already has so many kind of like oh, yeah. issues with ethics and like basically slave just labor, a <laughs> just a few. Um, And then of course, like the landfills just being full of like fast fashion and stuff. So I like that you brought that up, like looking to grow a business or a side hustle, but like staying true to your values and like valuing the fact that if someone's going to be supporting you in this endeavor, like you're the one with the vision, but there are people providing some sort of labor to kind of help you get there. Um, And I think that's a very important thing for side hustle, small business people to think about because we often look to like trade um, like services or products in the beginning because we don't have a lot of capital to put forward. So it's like, you know, I'll trade with you. If you send me some candles, I'll do your books for a couple months. (laughs) If you you do me like a nice painting for my office or something, like we're always looking to trade the capital of like labor and time or resources and not necessarily money, because if you're not starting out with a lot, you know, but that's something to consider that like when you do have the resources and the money, to spend on what other people are providing to you like that's that's important to me um you know paying people fairly for their labor you know it's funny um I you you know and I know like growing up we were in churches a lot and I volunteered all the time (coughs) excuse me and (coughs) 
okay. I feel hoarse all of a sudden. Mm. Um, but like at, I attend a Quaker meeting now and they take turns on uh, cleaning the building. You know, mm -hmm. you sign up to do a cleaning and it's a small building. It's not a big thing. But I even brought it to them like, we have the money within our organization. Why don't we pay someone to clean? Mm -hmm. Because that's giving someone who is a cleaner a job. That's giving them, you know, even if it's, a, you know, a, a small, independent, family-owned kind of cleaning business, you're, yeah. you're giving them that where, uh, you know, it, it is like supporting the economy. It's supporting them. We mm -hmm. do a lot of work with refugees. I'm like, why don't we pay a refugee woman to come in once a week and clean? Mm -hmm. And she's making money for her family. And, yeah. you know, all of us that are volunteering are just doing it because. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I see that a lot. And I, it's interesting to think about pattern testers because even with the ghostwriters that I'm using, they have pattern testers that will test for you and they do mm -hmm. it for free. Mm -hmm. And and they were telling me like, well, why would you pay somebody? But I'm like, you know, too, it's giving them value. And if you're trading things, like you were saying, if you're trading and bartering, that's a form of advertising because mm -hmm. if you have someone's painting in your house, mm -hmm. you're going to talk about it. You're going to post online. I think I have a stained glass thing out hanging out in the garden from yeah. someone you posted on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just feel like, and, and I understand I'm, I'm in a position where I can financially, mm -hmm. I'm in a good position now that all you kids are growing up. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I understand that is like a luxury that I have, but that also makes me want to be able to do it because I want to focus on the things that I do. And right now I, I, it sounds vain or whatever to say I have more money than time, but I do, I have a full-time job and I can afford to pay someone to test for my patterns. Well, why would I want to ask them to do that just for the joy of being the first one to get to sew my pattern, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But especially the, the landfill stuff and everything. Yeah. The textile industry is horrible. <laughs> the fabric yeah. industry is horrible. The pollution and you're right, the slave labor and just awful conditions everywhere um and so it is funny because I like new I'll, I'll buy new fabric in collections sometimes but then a lot of my stuff is scrap fabric because mm -hmm. I have the fabric to insulate the house with <laughs> and you know I don't want to be just a constant consumer of it so mm -hmm. I try to do a balance of you know bringing in more and working with a, what I have and so some of my videos are really color coordinated collections and then some of them are every piece of scrap <laughs> out yeah. of my room and quilters kind of run that gamut too Mm -hmm. I love the kind of junk journaling thing that I'm hyper fixating on right now because uh, <laughs> it's very much like you there and there are people that I follow that I'm just now like picking up on recently like how much they just buy stuff um, yeah. and then they'll do like you know journaling spreads and make books and they're beautiful and it's like but you used all new products that you bought off of Timu and Amazon and Wish and whatever else, you know, crap <laughs> apps are out there. Um, but for me, like part of it is creating every single piece that's going to go into a project. But also like I went to an estate sale a couple weekends ago and found like so much stuff that like, you know, when the Baptist estate, the old ladies that are running the estate sale at a Baptist church are <laughs> impressed with whatever you picked. That's when, you know, you've made it. <laughs> and they were like ringing me up for all of my like $8 of stuff. And they were like, wow, you got some really good stuff. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> but to me, like part of it is like finding use and value and like the meaning of it is that like I saw something that somebody else was willing to kind of discard and then I get to create something that I really enjoy the process and I enjoy the result. And it's like, yeah, like I don't want to be 
just buying new things constantly. Like, I don't want to participate in that kind of consumer culture, but that's like, that's what our culture is. So I love that like quilting allows you that. Yeah. Quilting is definitely that in quilting though. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of conversations around, you know, designers have 40 and 50 new fabrics and they put out a new collection three times a year. And, you know, a lot of local quilt shops can't even keep up with that because you've got, you know, that much new stuff coming in all the time and you can't Mm -hmm. sell your old stuff. And, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about that. And, you know, you you really have to find your balance because you're talking about like the junk journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the series that I did was about the panels and I still have more panels to do. (laughs) And there's a lot of people that think of that as cheating because it's a pretty printed picture and you just do stuff around it you know but mm-hmm. the big part of your quilt is done in this picture mm-hmm. and I've kind of thought of that like well I didn't do that panel I didn't design like I didn't draw that cat well now I have <laughs> but you know it's like uh in our heads we get fixed on what's the right way or mm-hmm. I I get stuck on yeah but I have to do the whole thing myself or it doesn't count yeah. or you know those kind of things I didn't want other people long arm long arming my quilt so you, you know you have the big long arm machine mm. long arm Mm-hmm. and it's an expensive piece of equipment <laughs> yeah but it lets you do the sewing the quilting part yourself and that's really hard to do on domestic machines mm. and I felt like I was cheating if I sent the quilt to somebody and they long armed it like mm. I didn't do that part you know so it is interesting how everybody's got their thing of what the balance is of I did this myself versus I bought it and everything in between that you know I also think that there's for me a lot of fun in the challenge of like oh yeah having <laughs> a limitation limiting yourself to like something that's like just thrifted or like I mean somebody could go to Goodwill and pick out a bunch of like blouses and then decide that they're gonna quilt only using like buttons and everything that they found you know from Goodwill and like to me that challenge is kind of fun like like you said kind of like (laughs) we're not shitting on grandma totally (laughs) but like Yeah. Going and like buying the quilt pattern and then buying the exact kit with the exact patterns that they're using in the pattern that you can like compare your final product to that. Like that's not like super fun for me, but it's, it's fun for her, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) it is. And, and everybody has their thing. Yeah. Because even just the process of putting it together, or even if you bought the pattern and you bought the fabric, I, I know so many people that do that. And it's just, that one's not my thing where I've learned that using the panel, okay, this is kind of fun because it's kind of funny. The ones with the panels, especially when I give them as gifts, people are like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And I'm like, all I did was make the box around the edges, the pretty picture in the middle, I bought. But I measured <laughs> and I cut. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Stuck them together. Yeah. Right. But I, uh, yeah, the challenge is a lot of fun for me. I think that's one of the things that I know we were talking about before about, um, staying true to what you want your product to be mm-hmm. because uh, like I said I have a, a guy I consider him a friend that's a YouTuber that we've talked several times and we've done some things together and for him buying that kit and the pre-cut fabrics and sewing it that is he loves it you know and that's, that's his Mount that's Everest to do. <laughs> right and then I see people like that you know and he has a popular channel it's kind of funny he interviewed me right when I first started and we're like mm-hmm. exact number of subscribers like mm-hmm. we exactly just track each other it's it's <laughs> kind of creepy but um you know, so his channel, he does a lot of talking interviews and he does those quilts. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that I told you annoys me. <laughs> one, of, one of these people that's like, you know, the five ways to use a bread, plastic bread tag and you're so in <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> a plastic <Seriously>. bread tag. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, seriously, she's yeah. got a video. You can go watch it. Um, and that's not now my I'm going to have to go find that yeah. afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah. I, for me, that's not what I want to be, but I see her channel is like really popular. And she, she was down around my numbers early this year. And all of a sudden she's like 18,000 subscribers. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck? Who wants to watch that? <laughs> but I just, first of all, not compare myself with other people, but also just realize that's not the, that's not the group that I want. That's not the yeah. audience that I want. I want people that are interested in what I'm doing. And that's my thing. And any, any kind of like small business or, you know, your, your own employment, you have mm -hmm. to do things your way because mm -hmm. that's true to you. And you're never going to be the way that everybody would do it. Yeah, you know, totally. I see your advertising and your <laughs> posts and things like that. And there's a lot of stuff that you do. I'm like, Oh, right. Like why? <laughs> but that's you. And I, <laughs> I know one of the interviews when someone interviewed you and you talked about, you know, your social justice platform mm -hmm. and that that's important to you and that's in your business. If that's your thing, you have to do that or you're mm -hmm. not, you know, then you're just cookie cuttering somebody else's bookkeeping business and, and stay on that side of it, you know, and, but that's not like where your heart is. Yeah. So for me, I've had to watch with YouTube, not comparing myself to other people and trying not to do those kind of videos that some of them are clickbait, but mm -hmm. you know, that to stay true to the kind of, I want to do longer form. I want to do tutorials. I love to do the little drawing and geometrics of like, here's yeah. a square. And it's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I enjoy doing it. And I feel like if I am true to that to myself and do what I enjoy doing, that the audience that wants that will come around and totally. I think there's an audience for that you know mm -hmm. cool thing has so many different things there's little niche audiences all around and I don't even know that that's the little niche but there are people that want to make quilts without buying a pattern mm -hmm. either because that's their artistic thing or they can't afford patterns because some of them are ridiculously <laughs> expensive <laughs> mm -hmm. there's one that I wanted to do for you that's little uh tweeny dachshunds looks exactly like Archie <laughs> same color even and it has them like wings and it has them like Aww. a fire breathing dragon it's the cutest pattern and it's like 28 dollars I do need that I would probably never <laughs> I would probably never finish the pattern because it's not the kind of sewing I like to yeah. do and I if I did I would make one you know so for me I actually did try to pick it apart because I was going to make it for you, but not a video. And I can't even, it's like too much to even figure out. I'm like, no, <laughs> Reagan's okay. not getting the Cheweenie pattern Dang. unless I buy it for somebody else. <laughs> but it looks Man. exactly like Archie. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Like, I think there's also a balance, like you said, you know, not comparing yourself to other people, but it's good to like, keep your head down, stay in your lane, kind of like be true to the product that you want to create. But um, being aware of like what other people are doing so that you can be in conversation yeah. with what they're doing without like participating in it. And like, I find a lot of inspiration from other creators um, for like kind of how to structure videos or content. Right. But, um, I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm like, obviously this is working for them and their audience. Maybe I can try something similar to that or just respond with what I think about like everything is content now. So like you responding to what somebody else is doing can be content. <laughs> it's, it gets a little meta after a while. You're like, I'm not going to film my entire life so that people could just watch me do mundane things all the time. Um, but yeah, but it's true. You can learn from, you know, I, I do read about, uh, you know, how to title your videos and <laughs> apparently on YouTube, people like emojis in the video. So I are in the title of the video. Mm. So I put emojis in, you know, those kind of things. I guess if, 
if I was against that or felt strongly, I wouldn't do that either. But, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll stick emojis and <laughs> put emojis. I'm having everything. a ton of fun making your YouTube thumbnails. <laughs> like <laughs> that is so much fun for me to make it so like clickbaity and like ridiculous because that is like catching the eye and people yeah. also kind of like start to associate that with like your certain brand. Like there's people that I see that are creators with like thousands and thousands of people that are subscribed and like every thumbnail pretty much has the same kind of like elements right. or structure to it. And so you start to develop uh, a calling card basically that it's your brand can recognize That's your brand. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, those kind of things, sure. I'll do things that have proven true for other people. And even then, you know, there's people that have like very serious looking thumbnails or goofy <laughs> ones or, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm okay with the goofy ones or the, the brighter, busier, um, I think it's but fun that doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> but, but even then, I guess that kind of goes with the content too. Cause if your content is very structured and that kind of thing, maybe your thumbnails would be, to, would need to be because it's like those things go together where mm -hmm. my quilts are a lot of, so by the seam of your pants, <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, you know, then, uh, my thumbnails can look a little that way too, because that's, that's my style. And that's kind of the theme of my videos. So I do yeah. like read in the research and things like that, but I always do it with an eye to, yeah, but what do I really want? What do I want? Am I, am I doing that because it's going to get the things or does it fit into my scheme and, or, you know, into my brand and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I want to thank you for being my first interview <laughs> guest on money through ease. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience and also let us know how we can support your work and follow you on all the things. So right now I'm only on YouTube. Um, I do have a very, very small private Facebook group. <laughs> it's very, very inactive, but it's there. So Wait, nobody else can know. grab the name do you, on Facebook. Am I in it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Let me in it. Can I add you in there? <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'm really limited right now, mostly just strictly Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, YouTube. I mm -hmm. did get a website. I have mm -hmm. copycatculture.com. And then I also am dabbling on the creating mom patterns, which is kind of funny because it's the opposite of my channel. I'm saying don't buy patterns. And here's some patterns. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do have people ask. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, if they're not going to get the point of, I just showed you how to make it without a pattern. Okay, you can buy a pattern from me. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's just there. And it's like really, um, I've asked like my guild members to join my YouTube and things like that. So if people know people that quilt or want mm -hmm. to learn, I would love to do a series. My neighbor next door wants to learn to quilt and I would love to do some shows with her yeah. showing her how to quilt, but she's got two kids and just too busy. <laughs> so we'd be doing it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Two very small children, right? Like yes. <laughs> there is no time so, or energy for that. <laughs> yeah. Right now, part of it is I just have to like, like we were, you and I were talking about, put my ideas down on paper and figure out which mm. ones are the priority and which ones are going to be the big payoff now because I have just way too many of them. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I should learn to sell ideas to people. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. There probably like, is a way you could do that. I literally have um, my Google Keep Notes app, basically on the iPhone, it's a notes app, but then it's like Keep on the Android. But um, I have like, different categories of ideas so it'll be like short form <laughs> content ideas podcast topic ideas 
shit that I got to remember to do this week. <laughs> like, and so as things are just running through my head, I'm like, oh God, I'm never going to remember this. And I have to just put it there so that at least it's in one place. But I am that type of person as well that just like, I'll have five ideas every hour and I just need to write them down. Most of them are not going to get done. And like, there is uh, a level of skill in like determining what's going to be worth like seeing through to the end. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I mean, that's, that's definitely going to have to be something that um, I need to work on because I'm still working, um, you know, <laughs> and to have to make sure I'm doing the things that I want to be doing. Uh, there's a really, really good podcast. His, his name is Dave and it's Dave Scrap Room. <laughs> he is the most creative, crazy quilter person. <laughs> and he recently came out and said, you know, that he was going to change his content to be like every two weeks instead of weekly. Because he said like the big things that he wanted to do, he couldn't do it that fast. Mm. And so he caught himself doing things that weren't the big things that he's great at. You know, yeah. I told him one time he made a pattern, somebody else's pattern. I'm like, Dave, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are way too good to make somebody else's pattern. Oh, so yeah. uh, I need to, I need to work on that myself and figure out what are the important things mm. because I will chase squirrels all day. I probably have yep. 12, 15 quilts going in this room right now. Yesterday, so it looked like I want to work on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yesterday, it looked like a craft fair like exploded in my house. And I was like, this is just the way I like it. though. <laughs> I was doing like, jelly print painting, which Oh, I've done that. I've done that. That's fun. I don't have a jelly mat, but I do have plastic bags. And it's basically works the same way. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So <laughs> we can just sit here and go off on 15 different tangents anyways um so, just like we were saying it's easy to yeah. go off on tangents and I really do want to get myself on a schedule but I don't want to make it work either it's mm -hmm. it's this has been a really challenging year for me health-wise mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's been frustrating mm -hmm. that I haven't gotten a good rhythm going because every yeah. time I turn around something stupid happens <laughs> that was mm -hmm. totally out of the blue and so yeah. I really want to get to where I can get that rhythm going. And so early, like probably maybe six, eight weeks ago, I was kind of like, oh, do I really want to keep doing this? Mm. But I really do. Yeah. And I need to plan so I can get my rhythm going because um, not even because I've invested. I think it's a good plan for me to do this to where I can do something I enjoy teaching. And yeah. I need to keep doing this to get there. So um, I'm looking forward to get more of a rhythm. And I hate schedules and plans, but I really need to do that too. <laughs> At least how frequently I'm going to put out content and that mm -hmm. kind of a thing so that, so that I can get that built up. Yeah. And YouTube's interesting. The more people, the more videos you have, the more watches you get. Mm. One of my first videos, the one that I get, I get a couple hundred watches a week mm. and I'm just like, okay, let me figure out what I did magic in that video <laughs> <laughs> so I can repeat that. Yeah. Um, interesting. But then those people come binge watch too. Like you yeah. can tell, you know, you get more watches on that video and then you'll see other watches. So I just need to get yeah. a lot more content out there. Mm -hmm. that's good content that that I want to create that's not just clickbait yeah and, and the seam ripper thing the seam ripper <laughs> thing I actually wrote that up months ago and I actually like I've been it was so smart I was like video. I had no idea you just cut the bobbin thread or the needle thread and then you just pull I was like uh oh uh, okay I wish somebody had told me that <laughs> I was like I don't know that's been so in my head for a while <laughs> and I think I'll I think I'll rotate like quilt kind of videos and then things like that you know doing yeah. a shorter because that was a shorter one and didn't take a long time to produce but and yeah I think that can be like the gateway for people to binge your other content like you said 
the little the little trick and hack videos. And it's so yeah. important that like when you do have things that come up that require you to rest because you're human and we all live in, yeah. you know, bodies that are not uh, immortal. And we have to like take time to rest and just know that like even if you are considering like stopping or like whether or not this is going to be sustainable for you, like give it time, give yourself time and space to rest yeah. and know that if it's something that you really want to be doing, like you'll eventually hopefully get to the point where you have energy again and you have time and yeah. the space to do it. So one well, and, and sewing and quilting is my happy place. I am most happy whenever I unfortunately I work in this room and that's my sewing <laughs> my sewing room is like 11 by 18 and this is like three foot <laughs> uh, the priorities <laughs> yeah and it's funny after after one time I was really sick earlier this year uh <laughs> Dean came in one day and I was sewing he's like well I guess you're feeling better <laughs> because, <laughs> and so it does bring me a lot of joy and energy mm -hmm. so it, it it hits me a lot of different directions so I do want to stay doing this and even the time I was feeling kind of like yeah do I really want to it was a real quick turnaround and, yeah I really do I really yeah. want to stay in this and yeah. just I just like you said I just need to adjust it to what works at the time and just be patient and I have quite a few years before I retire so I've got the time to do it yeah it's okay if you're like have a day an off day that you're just like I just don't know if this is gonna actually work out like sleep on yeah. it give it a minute make sure that you're rested go eat a snack drink some water <laughs> like yeah, make things. sure that you're nourished and then come back to it <laughs> Thanks so much for being on and sure. sharing the content creation kind of experience, the side hustle experience with the audience. And make sure if you're listening to go follow my mom on YouTube at the copycat quilter. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Money Through Ease. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to my email list to stay up to date on all the latest content. You can also follow me on social media at alleaseaccounting or facebook.com forward slash accountingwithease for even more insights and updates. And if you're interested in learning more about my bookkeeping services, don't hesitate to schedule a complimentary consult today. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.